0: Career Anchor part four. This episode and next episode is still covering the subject of the Career Anchor. And after that, we will review all of the answers we receive from the different authority professional body about the question which discussed in the Career Anchor episode. My first guest, Dimple.
1: I'm Dimple Rana, and I have been working in, I guess, building services, engineering and just general building engineering industry for almost 10 years now. Um, All of that time pretty much has been at Arup. Um, So specifically, I'm a building physics, sort of environmental physics engineer. Um, So, yeah, I started as a graduate engineer at Arup in 2011, I think. Seems about right. and uh, prior to starting my job at Arup, I had a pretty mixed background, um, so I studied sort of, I did two undergrad degrees, um, in fact, uh, so I did my first sort of undergrad in theoretical physics at UCL and then decided that I wasn't interested in physics and wanted to do something a bit more, I guess, real world and design focused, um, so then studied architecture Um Undergrad also ECL. Um, and then after graduating from architecture, I was working as a part one assistant um, for just a little under a year um, and um, decided that I kind of didn't really want to become an architect, but I wanted to work in the industry. Um, and engineering appealed to me because I thought it would allow me to combine the sort of technical education I had in physics, as well as some of the design learning I had in architecture. Um, So really, I just kind of looked to see what opportunities there were with my educational background, and found something that I thought was suitable at Arup, um, and just went through the process, um, and got my graduate job. And yeah, almost 10 years later, I'm still there
0: the same question from Sarvage about the background how they find the building services and how coming to this industry i'll try my
2: best to sort of you know um to answer some some of the question for, uh, questions for the aspiring engineers and you know maybe maybe they can find some resonance with you know with the background that i have and where they're coming from um so so i guess what my background is i did my bachelor's in mechanical engineering and my master's in building services with sustainable energy the reason why i chose this specific very niche sort of um, subject is because i am originally from india and i think uh, there's a huge issue there food wastage. so um for example I think you, um, the food grains such as wheat grains or rice grains, they, they are grown in abundance, but due to lack of, you know, proper storage, um, proper cold storage of, you know, proper drying houses, peddling setups, there is mega tons. Of food grains that are wasted every year. So I think that's where sort of you know my interest, whole interest started, whether you know I can do something about it. And you know, that's how I ventured into this this field of you know building services and to to see if if there's any opportunity for me to help in the food industry. And I think that's how I got involved in the specific course and that too in the UK, because I think I looked um, across the globe I think uh, Australia had some courses I think um, Germany had a, had a few courses but you know also in faster school which is sort of you know kind of a diploma but it's an advanced diploma um, not very much in the US although you know they, they cover sort of you know generic mechanical engineering but not the niche as in building services and I think UK at that time um, happened to offer this specific course that I wanted that's why I sort of you know chose the UK and sort of you know the building services industry that tick marked the specific modules that you know I was looking to to develop my my skills into. Fast forward um, uh, I think one thing led to another uh, where you know um just part of that as well I, I wanted to also see whether we can so concentrated solar parabolic collectors um, uh, I wanted to test whether you know we can reduce the the size of it so that we can mount it on the buildings so you know then we can generate energy and then you know going back to the same sort of you know previous question that uh, pre- my question that you know you can create energy and then you know, you can generate energy remotely and then um support the building 's energy needs there and there itself, so you can generate hot water but you can also generate sort of you know, electricity uh, and that was you know going back to my 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 previous aspiration or original aspiration of uh, you know, um, supporting the, the, the food grains, yeah, sa- saving the food grains from just being waste. But I think, which also formed part of my thesis, but I think I had to step away very quickly since realizing there are millions and millions of investment needed. And you know, at the moment, there is no one who's willing to invest in that. I think the last research being done into that project was... and. I I was using nanoparticles with uh, solar thermal salts. And I think solar thermal salts, the last research was being done during Cold War era, where, uh, you know, the U.S. Department of Energy was, you know, looking into it. And then when I... I did sort of, you know, went ahead and, you know, I did request that information from them. It just turned out I had sort of, you know, massive hits on sort of, you know, my profile from the US saying, you know, okay, who is this guy? Why does he want all this information? So, you know, I think that was very spooky, but, you know, don't don't let that put you off from, you know, what your what your passions are in life. Current work, I think, I think current work is very, very far away at the moment. I do hope, you know, I do get back to sort of, you know, food grains at some point in time. Um, or the initial work has generally been sort of, you know, um, office buildings and uh, residential buildings. I think since then, I've sort of, you know, moved into education side, which, you know, does have these kinds of things as well, like, you know, um, you know control of internal environments, like, you know, containment level two labs, where, you know, internal um, environment is very, very critical. So I think my sort of you know my intention is still to go to sort of you know like a food storage industry or you know heavy industries where you know food is sort of you know um stored and dealt with um but hasn't happened yet or you know there isn't a huge market let's so um so I think that that's that's where I currently am at the moment
0: I asked Sarvaj about academic background as well
2: so I think uh, very very good points and all of them are very important because you can't you know just pick and choose one i think it depends in sort of you know where you are in your career growth as well um, um and you know where do you want to go because not everyone will like management not everyone will like all technical some people will like mix of everything and i think um so uh let's start with the university i think the having the technical knowledge before I started work, the benefit for me was I knew what was asked of me. I knew what is required as the end product. So I spent less time, but you know, figuring things out and doing things I could, the, the the benefit was you know um, my my first project i went straight into stage c stage d and um i had i played a huge part in sort of you know delivering that project the benefit being i i ended up sort of you know starting at stage c but then i saw that through delivery you know um uh, to the client to the contractor like the whole process so strip out first and then sort of you know seeing the new installation of the refurb and then handing over to the client and then prospective sort of you know tenants that wanted to take the building also sort of you know, looking what their requirements are and changing but all that happened because I did my technical education first. Um, if I hadn't, if I had just done, you know, mechanical engineering, it's not to say I can't do building services, but then there would have been a lead in time that I understood building services, technical information requirements, absorb that, learn that either via a part-time course or, you know, either via sort of, you know, learning on the job. And then, so the progress would have been much slower. So although this course is a year long course and it might sound a lot and you know obviously there there is um a fee associated that you you know you have to pay from your pocket which you know which is a fair sort of you know fair fair uh, thing to account into but i think it fast tracked my um sort of you know career
0: growth the next question about a mentor and the impact of a mentor or mentors uh, on the career
1: um so in terms of people that i've had as mentors i would say that i've had lots of different mentors I wouldn't say there was like sort of one particular person um but at different points over the last um you know almost a decade I would say that um there have been different people that have been really crucial to helping me progress in my career and just develop as an engineer and I think that the role of a mentor is also quite broad um I think, first of all, like having people there that give you the right opportunities at the right time is really important. So people understand where your interests lie, uh, where your strengths are, where your weaknesses are as well, and um, get you involved in different kinds of projects and give you different opportunities like that are really important. So um, the more senior people in my team, um, they've always given me those opportunities and pushed me um so that was been really important because I think if there isn't someone doing that then you can kind of become quite stationary and you can quite stall so um yeah so I think in that sense like just a career mentor is really important or mentors um and then I would say like having a technical mentor there to learn from and to ask questions to is um really really important especially when you're starting out like I would say that when I started, I didn't really have a clue like what I was doing um and so I needed people there um to just to teach me and like you know uh, show me the ropes really um so I think having a technical mentor is really important, someone that's got a bit of patience um and again, there were several people in my team um that helped me through that, and I think that was the one thing they really noticed um immediately at Arab was that people were just really patient and they had a lot of time to answer your questions and so I felt that I could just keep asking questions even if I thought they were silly or little Um, and I've had that throughout my career which has been really good Um, so yeah I think you know you don't have to have one mentor I think you can have many at different points Um, but it's they're, they're crucial to have as you get senior you don't forget how important it is it is to have a mentor like i think you need mentors in your career like throughout your career no matter how senior you are um, but then you also need to give back i think um and so i've certainly started doing that in in the work that i do um you know with the more junior staff um because i think because it's been so important for me i know that it's then i you know i need to provide equally those things for other people as much as i can um So, yeah, like it's sort of give and take when it comes to mentorship. I think that's really important. Um, And you learn a lot, I think, um, like just working with people a bit more early on in their careers. um, You even if you are the mentor, I think you can be sort of reverse mentored as well um, by people. And I think that's really important
2: that you have really good mentors and I think a a good starting point would be to see whether you know the the company that you're joining does have a accredited um, program for graduate development Um, it's It's not always the case that, you know, every company you go for will have that. Generally, big companies do. But that shouldn't stop you from joining smaller companies. Because I think the skill set that you can learn in a smaller company, it will be very, very varied. You'll be required to do a lot, a lot of things um, that won't just be sort of technical. For example, it just won't be mechanical. It will also be electrical, public health, energy side, you know, modeling, BRIAM. That, you know, that experience or exposure you'll get very, very soon in a smaller company compared to a bigger company because there are less people too. So there's a much greater exposure. The benefit of joining a bigger company is they have a very structured program, which is SIPC accredited. So you know you're on a clear path to go straight into you know um, um, uh, to, into the route of um, uh, a chartership or you know an incorporated engineer, which is IEng, or chartership, which is CEng. So they have that very clear path now. You know um some people could argue that works for some people some for some others it might not work in that structured folk, uh, in that structured way, but I think certainly that helped me but um and uh, I think having a good mentor that you know can can sort of you know provide that time that is of key so it could be a big company, it could be a small company does, you know that yes it's important, but what's more important is having the right mentor. that that can sort of, you know, give you the mentorship of, you know, what your goals are and where you want to be. And it doesn't have to be that, you know, when you start your career, you have to have all of them clearly laid out. But, you know, just have a few, maybe have, you know, maybe have five for the first year or maybe even three. But, you know, just really focused goals. So you put all your energy into it and discuss it when you start your job with whoever your line manager is uh, uh, so that, you know, they're aware what, what are your driving forces? So and you know they can channel that um, you know um, as as you grow through the company. So I think for me, uh, mentorship was very very crucial. I found in my career. Um, and that put, me, my, that put my sort of, you know, career growth in the fast track. And then, you know, obviously it's, um, and you, you probably have heard it from many people, it's basically, you know, taking the initiative, self-initiative, you know, to take ownership of things and getting them done. You don't have to have the right answers all the time, or you probably won't have any answers when you start, but that is the learning process. It's And, you know, if you think about it, our engineering or, you know, our coursework, uh you know, uh, all of that has literally been that you don't know the answer, but you start somewhere, you test a lot of things, you learn from that. Doesn't always have to be, you know, the progress, you know, but you learn and that is the progress. Each and every one of them have, you know, um, have to be taken in steps. Uh, so first was technical i you know your university then was the mentorship which is sort of you know your growth and development but i think after that what you have to be very very careful and aware of is that you can be the most brilliant person in the room but if you can't get your message across to a different variety of audience um i think that that knowledge unfortunately dies with you so um and i think you know that that is soft skill um it, it you know most people aren't born with it but you know it's it's a skill that is uh, learnable um it's 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 not very difficult i think what you have to understand or what you have to turn the mentality ar- around in your own head and s- certainly that's what i did is rather than sort of you know thinking what i want to say i thought about what the other person wants to understand about you know what they're asking me because i have the technical sort of you know awareness but the other person doesn't And, you know, they're trying to get some something across, you know, uh, uh, an end product, an end goal. So to deliver that, I need to be able to understand their point of, you know, their perspective and then give them the answers. And that is a soft skill so that you you basically, you know, um, it's not handholding, but, you know, you're basically giving them what they need in the easiest, simplest form that. know is possible once you take all of these boxes like you know this is the third step in my mind like you know soft skill and getting the message across and when you start doing this a lot and frequently and once you get good at it then you automatically are promoted and pushed into the management level and you know again that's that has to be something that you know you want or you earn or you know when, when i say yearn sorry not earn but yearn for because once you get it to that level it's generally sort of in talking through a lot of soft skills talking through people you know talking to like masses of audience uh rather than doing a lot of the technical work so you really have to be very very absolutely clear in your own head that that is something you want management uh sounds exciting management sounds you know big money but then at the end of the day you need to be enjoying what you do uh, you know you can you can have you can earn a lot of money but not be happy but you can sort of you know earn sufficient amounts and still be very, very happy, so just just understand what what happy is for you.
0: how much that expectation as a graduate is different by the things they find in the building services, and what is the main question about the future of the building services
1: um yeah it has it has it's been different, like I will fully admit I didn't hundred percent know what my job was going to be about before I started um I had a vague idea but I didn't really know what the day-to-day work would be and it has evolved a lot in the 10 years so I think uh, my first sort of I guess five years or so it was really that I would call those my well you're always learning but those are when you're learning probably at quite a high rate um but yeah I mean I was doing a lot of technical learning on projects and was very focused on maybe one or two projects at a time um, and working with more senior staff um, and just yeah like you're just constantly learning new things making mistakes etc which doesn't stop um, but I think that that's it's quite different now because I do a lot more I guess management of projects um, and I'll work on many things whether they're projects or non-project related so like I do get involved in sort of development of like people in my group and looking at just management of a group and resourcing and things like that, which are, I guess, not project related, but stuff that I really enjoy because they're people focused. And that's something that I didn't realize I was going to do, because I guess you think, well, I'm going to be an engineer, I'm going to be doing technical work the whole time. But actually, as your career grows and expands, you have the opportunity to do other things. Um, And then even getting involved in things like SIBSI. and like things outside of your like your place of work that has been great as well and not something that i anticipated i would do right from the beginning so um it was only after i charted that i sort of joined the sipsi committee and things like that um and that all makes up your career so i think if anything my career has broadened out in a way that i didn't think it would and that's kept it really interesting um and kept me sort of motivated and stimulated and hopefully that continues Um, Because I still feel like I'm very early on in my career, you know, there's many decades to go, hopefully. So (laughs) let's see. Um, I mean, for me, the immediate challenge I've obviously noticed in the last like couple of years or so, or maybe longer is sort of the role of sort of digital technologies and automation and stuff like that. Um, And how as an industry we embrace that, I think is going to be really important um, in the future. there are competitors for many companies out there that are non-traditional and are maybe thinking very differently, um, not just building services, but just the sort of building and construction industry as a whole. And I think that we need to start maybe challenging ourselves a little bit more um, in our approaches. Um, I'm not saying that I think traditional engineering, there's always going to be role for traditional engineering and traditional building services, but maybe there are ways that we can enhance that. And ways that we can use some of these new technologies to just ensure lo- longevity really um for people's careers so that they can continue doing what they enjoy doing so i think that's a big challenge and i'm sure a lot of companies and sibsi and other sort of institutions are really thinking about this um and yeah that's that's something that we need to kind of address um and i think people like new people you know people kind of starting out in their careers now they, you know, what I've noticed is that they come with skills in those industries already. So I think it's really an advantage, you know, a lot of people, they know how to program and they know about certain things that I maybe didn't have when I was starting out. So I think we need to really embrace that as well. Like all of these other new skills that people have. Obviously right now, we, you know, we may be going into things like recessions and stuff like that. Who knows? Um, So at the moment, that's a bit of a challenging environment. But I think that the industry has been in in and out of those things anyways. Um, I think there's always hopefully going to be a need for buildings and infrastructure and stuff like that going into the future. I guess maybe we need to be thinking a lot more sustainability. Well, we absolutely need to be thinking um, a lot more sustainably about how we, you know, I I, people at Sibsi that have had long careers and have been around for decades. They've probably seen many changes um, in the industry and I would like to understand, like, what do they think of the things that are going on now in terms of like, yeah, digital sustainability, et cetera, like, um, and like, I don't know, recessions or whatever. Like, is that likely to change things fundamentally or have they seen these kinds of things happening over the years and actually everything just, you know, goes back to normal eventually? Um, or do they actually think that something bigger is afoot? Yeah. Um, so i think someone with a bit more kind of overview of what's happened over like the last like 30 40 years it would be good to get their perspective
2: i think uh the the i think just looking at you know the current times there's the there's a huge emphasis on you know everything digital and you know everything machine learning or ai that you know get a piece of software or a program to do it for you. Now, that's great. I think softwares and digital tools have been with us for over good over 20 years. Like CADing tools have been with us 20 years. And, you know, they are, you know, like the, the base is programming, you know. that. So I think we've, it's not, digital isn't new. I think my, my slightly apprehension is what has actually sort of, you know, re- you know, slow. or what has actually held us back that, you know, our industry has been such slow in adapting digital and new tools, um, you know, compared to, let's say, you know, IT. Because in IT, your software is your, you know, your programming language, the adaptation is very, very quick. It's very, very fast. And it takes out all the mundane tasks we do uh, in, in you know, programming in IT. And my question is, well, why why haven't we as, you know, building or construction industry why haven't we been able to do the same what is actually stopping us to do it so that you know if we are aware of that uh then you know with the new digital you know technologies or you know the buzzwords of ai and machine learning that we are getting into that we are careful and aware what you know what the young generation or you know the future engineers need to be you know aware of or you know think about before we just jump into it and you know have have it sort of you know blown up back into our faces